Shall we get into the second movie? We shall. We shall. Do you want to introduce it? Uh, okay. Kess is a foreign language film uh, based on a young English boy who finds a Kessel hawk. You mean a Kestrel? Kestrel. Kestrel hawk. And I emphasize foreign language because th- this movie says it's English. <laughs> and there's a few English words I understood, but the subtitles are no help. <laughs> I, I agree. That is correct. It, it made train spotting sound like Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> and I, I, this has no influence on whether or not I like the movie, but I just want to say this right here is, I feel bad saying it, but this is the ugliest collection of people I've ever seen in a movie. Really? Yes. This whole movie is just gross. Hmm. Maybe it's because I also think at this point, I think because I'm seeing so many movies and I do nothing but wake up and watch movies that I think I'm starting to not like <laughs> movies. <laughs> I've been more negative on movies I've seen the past week than I've been in a while. Yeah, it's basically a movie about, uh, uh, I don't want to say poor. I think they're all just, I can't tell if he's poor or if he's just sad. <laughs> Both. It's a, it's a young kid named Casper who is uh shares a or Billy Casper lives, Billy Casper's which is he, uh, suspiciously close to Billy Crystal but a little bit yeah. he he lives with his mother and his older brother who do not get along with each other he goes to school and he finds a little baby kestrel hawk and he raises it well i don't want to say finds because it the the synopsis of the mis- this movie made it sound like he'd be walking home from school one day and he'd hear a little squeaking sound and he'd go and he'd find the baby hawk. He took this hawk from a nest. <laughs> stole it. He stole this hawk. It didn't even so, look like a baby kestrel. It looked no, like it started off as pretty old, late teenage kestrel. Although I think the, the film wants you to think it is a baby kestrel. I think so, too. Kestrel. But to be fair, it is a very cute bird. Yeah. He's very cute. A very cute bird that is not in the film all that much. No. <laughs> so... What did you think of this film? I don't know. Because I don't know. I don't know. You just said that it was... Uh, They're ugly. That's all. I mean, it's... Because I liked it. I, I liked it, too. It's interesting. Um, I, I think it was one of those things where early on, I thought it was going to be a completely different movie. And it was not what I was expecting at all. Um, I think a huge part of that is, like you said, the Kestrel really is not in the movie all that much. And I'm still... The the nickname I came up with this for this movie in my mind was the 400 birds. Because <laughs> it is essentially an English 400 blows, but with a, a a weird little kid who has a bird. But no, yeah, I think that's a very apt comparison. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, I felt similarly after I watched this than I did the 400 blows. Where I'm like, that was strange. It's not what I expected. And I think I liked it, but I need to think about it more because it is really not a lot happening no it's it's a film about kind of the, the the injustices the trials and tribulations of a young kid growing up in a poor uh mining town in yorkshire britain i believe i don't know and it part of that's the accent like there's so many words spoken in this film that you could not possibly comprehend without subtitles even the subtitles uh, wh- where did you watch this amazon I watched on Amazon too, and this, most of the subtitles didn't even cover everything that was being said. Yeah, I think it's a it's a coming of age film with a kestrel, and it's it's a pretty simple premise. Not all that much happens. 
Um, and it takes a very naturalistic very. Uh, approach to how it shows everything. It's the, the pacing is very slow. Camera shots kind of they take their time. And it just it's kind of charming in a way, at least for me, it was the English countryside. I just love in general that the setting kind of put me in a, in a quiet mood. And then when the film first begins, there's this lovely um, woodwind music. And it's just it starts out very tenderly where it's just a shot of the two of them in bed, his brother and him. And neither of them wants to get up. And then he goes on his paper route and it just starts very simply as just like uh, the story of this little kid. And it gets progressively more. You kind of get uh, the world is against him that it it, shows like it it gets darker. Like the, the, the feeling of the opening scenes are very they're kind of they're lighter. They're more tender than the rest of the film. And that kind of was a little bit off-putting for me in a bit. Like I felt there was going to be a bit more balancing out the shittiness of their life. Yeah. Where most of the film, vast majority of the film, the the kid's not having a good time. And I really enjoyed the part where he connects with the teacher. That I like, love the teacher. That felt yeah. like, like a genuine moment of, of movement in the film where something was different. It's another one of these films that is against education in a way, or is yeah. not against education, but kind of pointing its finger at the way, the style of education in that time. And I thought that was very effective at getting the, the point across about school at that point. Especially the principal who takes the kids in for cigarette smoking. And they get the lashes on the hand. Mm-hmm. That was one of the more interesting scenes, I thought, because... Yeah, you can just see that they're completely polar opposites. There's a lot of generational stuff here going on because this this movie spends a lot of time with its adults. Mm-hmm. We have the principal and you have um, uh, Casper's mom, the coach who plays soccer with them. You worst can, coach you can, ever. Horrible, horrible coach. And he's not even like he's not even a, a huge asshole to the kids. I mean, he is because he makes Casper go into the shower very cold. But there are moments where you're like, okay, this guy, at least he's having fun, sort of. But I just, saw him as just like a small town idiot. Yeah. Who somehow someone let him coach the team. But that's the thing is that everybody in this movie, it's so hopeless with a lot of these characters where you feel like all these characters are either they're, they're not equipped enough to escape their environment or they're past their prime. They could do something about it. And I think that's what makes. I also feel like it's that. They're, the adults around them are given up on them, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's just as much the adult's fault that they're in the, the place that they're at as it is the, the kid's fault. Yeah, and, you know, everybody, all they do is they work and they drink. That's it. And that's why I think, you know, while, while Kess isn't a huge part of this movie, the the, uh, the Hawk or whatever, he does represent why I think Casper's a good character in this, because he knows what he likes and he achieves it. He goes out for it. He just likes training animals. He talks to the teacher saying, oh, I'm not. He's not my pet. I just fly him. I'm going to take him out. You know, I'll release him when he's old enough. I did this with a fox as well. I'm like, OK, this kid understands his position. He understands his environment and he's going to do things to alleviate from the stresses and the horribleness of it all by raising these animals. And it's not a, a movie about raising animals. It's just. It's a movie about this horrible, uh, this kid's horrible life, and the only escape from it are these animals. 
which is why the ending is so sad. There's a few things that the principal talks about that in the the mass, the 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 auditorium, the what's the word I'm looking for? The the assembly. That's it. The assembly that they have, they read a Bible passage about how like you're supposed to pay attention to the one sheep that that roams away from the herd and give that one just as much attention. And then he proceeds to just yell at the children after that. Like, I feel like it's entirely hypocritical to what the Bible passage was getting at. Mm -hmm. And he just immediately starts to just yell at children. And then a few moments later, they're in the scene where they get caned. And he's like, you're just going to get keep getting caned and you're never going to learn. Like, then why are you caning them? It clearly doesn't work, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, this is the kind of stuff that, like, grownups who, who don't, like, take the time to actually, like, work with kids like it was so frustrating watching this so it worked in that respect of like how i had this very emotional reaction of just like these grown-ups have no fucking clue how to teach teach children it's grown-ups who forget what it's like to be a kid and which is why i love that teacher at the end mm-hmm. who goes out to see the hawk or whatever and you know yeah it's um and it's that what that bit of comparison between the just this nasty principal and the the, the teacher who actually shows some interest what his his students are doing Mm -hmm. and he's also like in that scene where he's teaching he's also a little he he's disciplinary with the kids in his classroom he's not completely unlike the other teachers but he also like there's there's a there's a good mix like it's i feel like the film is telling you that you don't have to be you don't have to completely like be lenient on these kids but you you don't want to do what the well, other you know because like when they're doing the fact versus um opinion or whatever fact versus fiction thing mm-hmm. and then they t- he gets everybody to like say facts about casper or no to that other kid another kid yeah like oh, yeah he's like oh he smokes and he's like oh, i don't care what he does as long as he doesn't bring it in here so i'm like okay that's a great attitude that the principal should have and it was a great it was it was really great seeing that teacher behave that way right after the assembly and the caning Mm-hmm. Because I think that is what the movie is getting at. And the movie is getting at a lot of things. And this is a movie where when I watched it, I was bored to tears. Oh. But when I finished it, I was very interested. And I think hmm. about it a lot. Which is exactly how I felt about the 400 Blows. And it's a movie that I think about more often than most movies. Hmm. So I'm still struggling on whether or not. I definitely liked it. I've, I've arrived at that conclusion. I don't know how much I like it, but I definitely enjoy it. It's one of those things I think if I see it again, I'll like it a lot more. I've been meaning to rewatch the 400 blow because it's been like three years at this point. Hey, you should watch it. What I do love and hate about it is the English because <laughs> it is very hard. It's not only hard to understand, but they don't speak theatrically. It's almost like they're. it sounds like a lot of this stuff is 80 yard and I can't tell yeah, if it is. It also kind of looks like the director, Ken Loch. Uh, yeah just showed up with his camera to this this town and started filming half of the people Which there is nice in particularly the bar sequence where the mom and yeah. the brother are there and there's this really great piece of intercutting between the mom's talking about the her son and the brother is talking about her mm-hmm. and it cuts back and forth as they're both kind of complaining or talking about the other and then in between that there's a band playing and then there's like shots, reaction shots of people in the crowd. And they're just, they're very much, all the people cast, the background extras just seem like natural, very naturalistic. People who actually like might live there. So I appreciate that. No, it's it, it's what I, it's at first I was, 
it was a little strange to me because I couldn't understand what they were saying. Everyone was talking strangely and like none of these people seem like actors. Then I realized, oh, that's kind of the point because that's kind of what they're getting at is they're trying to, you know, convey this this time and place in England. Um, and the little the kid, Casper, always sounds like he's in a rush. Mm-hmm. He's always like getting it out as fast as he can. And at first I was like annoyed, but I'm like, OK, that's kind of also how kids talk. So I get it. It's stuff that annoyed me. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, OK, I know why he did it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that I've, I've seen one other film by uh, Ken Loach. Loach. Loch. I don't know it's how to pronounce his name. Loach. I have never heard Loch in my life. I always hear Loach. What is the other movie he did? Uh, he's done a lot of stuff. He has been working. This is his second feature film. And his first feature was in like 1967. So he has been working for over 50 years at this point as a director. Like the man just is, keeps making movies. And he released one last year. Last year? Last wow. year? The man is working. But the, the only one, the other one of his I saw was I, Daniel Blake. Oh, I've heard which of that one. won the Palm d'Or back in 2015, I think it was. Is it good? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Mm. It's, I, th- I get the sense that a lot of his films are like this. They're very kind of almost pseudo-documentaries, naturalistic, um, against the, the grain of, of British society. Well, he reminds me very much of like, it's, it's almost like a documentary version of the kind of, they're like polar opposites, him and Mike Lee where Mike Lee is a lot more theatrical and mm-hmm. leans into the more visual flair of filmmaking. But this guy seems they're both concerned with the same topics. It's just completely different methods of exploration. Um, and I'm curious to see what else this guy does, but I wonder what that kid has done. He's done another film that has also won the Palme d'Or, the, the Wind That Shakes the Barley. That's, that's a very English Which sound. is a film about... I think it is about the the troubles in Ireland. <gasps> I love the troubles. So I I've wanted to watch that for a while. I think it is. Don't quote me on that. I I like this. I think it's a good movie. I think you should watch it. I'm not sure it should be on the BFI list though. Uh, for, for me, I feel the same. It's definitely a good movie. Um. Oh, Cillian Murphy's in this movie. Uh, it's definitely a good movie, and it's one of those movies that I'm already thinking about more. But I don't know. If it necessarily does anything stand out. Because again, it, it gets at a lot of the issues in um, England's English society. But if, you know, just because we watched it so recently, I would much rather watch Naked again before I watch this. But now it's interesting. It's a very interesting movie, and I'm glad that I watched it. I'm going to say no as to whether or not it should be on the list. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, though, I was terribly sad. Spoiler, big spoiler. The only thing you can really spoil in this movie when he fucking killed Kess. The bird dies. And not only did the bird die, he fished it out of the garbage and flailed its dead body around. That's another thing I wasn't too keen on is that it just ends after he buries the bird. Mm. Which, you know, this kind of movie, I wasn't expecting it to resolve everything. Yeah, but, but it, it would have been nice sudden. as like a little a little epilogue, a little coda of like, how does the boy go on? Like, what is, is he going to find something to improve his life with what is he going to turtle fill the void of the bird i also find it interesting um especially now because i feel like perceptions around this issue has changed a lot where you have the little kid in that the career office or whatever Mm -hmm. where the whole time i'm like you're asking a fucking kid what he wants to do with his life he's like 10 i'm 25 and i don't even know (laughs) 
I almost thought like at the end when he's burying the bird, I thought like he was going to look up and see another animal. It's the teacher. But that'd be like, that's all I'm asking. Like just like a little bit. Yeah, it was very, it was very abrupt. It's almost like Ken, Ken Loach was just like, time to end it. Bye. (laughs) Movie was really about the bird the whole time. Now the bird's dead. So see ya. Very cute little bird. Very cute little bird. Good movie. I recommend it. It's uh. I wish there was. I wish I picked up like a Blu-ray or something because the quality on Amazon was not great. Oh no, no. I was actually going to buy the Blu-ray. Barnes and Noble was one of the ones I saw, but I didn't. You already told me the movie next week, but I forgot what it was. We have a uh, pairing already set. We for the BFI, our next film is going to be Ali: Theory It's the Soul by Rainer Werner Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, Fassbender. That's right. Fassbinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technically, it's an I. <laughs> Uh, no, I have seen this film before. I don't think Chandler has. I have not. I've not seen a single fast binder. <laughs> Curious to why I'm very, uh, this is one of those that I am happy to go back in and rewatch. Okay. And then we are pairing it with Michael Haneke's Code Unknown. Oh, okay. Which they are both films that deal with prejudice and racism in Europe. Well, it's, yeah, so is Cache. I'll deal with them in very different ways. And I will probably end up watching, since I bought it, I'll end up watching Do the Right Thing before next week. So if you want to have a little talk about that too. so I will. There's never a bad time to watch Do the Right Thing. Might even finish the commentary. Yeah, but it aligns quite well with this this pairing. Oh, fantastic. All right. Anything else? About no. Cass? Good film. If you, like, if you like birds, if you like animals, and you like coming of age stories i guess it's a good film to watch if you don't like subtitles though don't watch it because you might as well be watching a japanese movie it's like with a japanese film you're not expecting any english so you're not you're not listening to comprehend but with this you're listening to comprehend and as you're trying to comprehend the dialogue you're also trying to read the subtitles to double check what you're hearing and along the way you don't really get any of it no (laughs) you know i will say though um when I'm watching movies that are mainly foreign language and English appears, I'm always it always strikes me in a really weird way. Like The Wages of Fear has a bit of English in it. And Baccarat had English in it. That had a lot of English in it. Unexpected English. Yeah. Unexpected English. That's that's a good amount of English. Too bad this movie had none. <laughs>